You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, we're going to get in some things here league-wise. Obviously, we always got some Brown questions, some Brown stuff to talk about. But, you know, we got some league news here the last couple of days, you know, as the Browns are now done with uh, – uh, their minicamp, uh, Odell, guys, trust me, he's smart, he's smart, he knew putting on that Jim Brown replica and going to that game last night, and the NBA Finals, it is whatever it is, and I'm sure nobody in Cleveland is giving one ounce of remorse for what Golden State's going through, where you may be down a couple guys, eh, is what it is, uh, Pete Smith here along for the ride, as we're gonna get to your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Brought to you by the good folks uh, from Hotels.com. Guys, don't get, like, secretly jealous or whatever. People are going away. Go to Hotels.com. Make some memories yourself. Plan a ship. Get rewarded. Basically everywhere. Be that. Do that. Get rewarded through Hotels.com. Uh, never forget about the good folks over the Himalaya podcasting app. Whether it's Google, whether it's Apple, go ahead, download it uh, if you're looking for something new. Uh, they give you more freedom where you can have more, you know, con- you can have more influence with each episode. You can comment on everyone if you're, you know, a big podcast fan. Obviously, we got into that yesterday, and I know there's a bunch of people who listen to almost every Cleveland Browns podcast. Obviously, that came up on social media yesterday. Uh, but if you do, you know, that's something you enjoy and you like to be able to like and comment, whatever, go ahead and check out Himalaya. They kind of give you that opportunity, not to mention that they also have the TiVo effect that they follow what you follow and then start suggesting what may also apply to your likes. Whether you take that advice or not, who knows. Um, Pete, the New York Jets have a new general manager. The, I mean, it seemed more just of a... Getting the numbers right, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Dan Zermay was on here well over two weeks ago, so I guess it's almost been a three-week dance now with Douglas. But it is official, and it is done. And, look, if you're a smart NFL team right now and you got some front office to change, front office changes to make, you might want to look at the Philadelphia Eagles, bud. Well, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts here. So, um, obviously, the Jets hire, was it Joe Douglas uh, to be their GM? But it's interesting because the Philadelphia Eagles had already added a guy, uh, much like the Browns have just added a guy, and it all connects to the same person, which is Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry leaves the Browns in March. I still find that uh, timing odd. He goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Joe Douglas leaves the Eagles to go to the Jets. Now Andrew Barry is suddenly you know, in a stronger position there. The Browns, I don't know if it ever was officially done, but they were in talks with uh, Eric uh, the inter- form- the recent interim GM of the o- uh, Oakland slash Los Angeles slash Las Vegas slash who gives a shit Raiders, uh, <laughs> and that you know that feels like well one it's sort of replacing what Andrew Barry was doing theoretically, but it's also sort of you know fortifying against potentially you know in a year or you know un- uh, two years or whatever if if, if teams come come start looking for Elliot Wolf so. Uh, it's a long, complicated thing, but all these things are connected. Um, as a general rule, I would say if you're replacing your GM now, you are in a bad situation, and it's not going to get better. Uh, and I'm looking at the Houston Texans, and I think that's a dumpster fire. Uh, but, you know, it, it, the only thing I can say for that is if you fire a guy now, you better know who you're hiring. And maybe the Jets were... In that boat, uh, it certainly seems like they chased the shit out of this guy 
for a while and may have had to up their offer a couple times to ensure they got him. And, when the, you know, there's a certain element of the Jets uh, may have felt like if they didn't get this guy, they were basically screwed. So maybe they felt that they went further in than they may have wanted to. But, you know, the, it's it's certainly nice that, you know, the Browns look like a relatively stable franchise and you're watching all these other teams uh, look like the the mess uh, as opposed to what what uh, the Browns have done in past years. Yeah, uh, as far as the hire, I'm okay with the hire. Um, and obviously, look, it, you know, McCagnan, look, he swung and missed too many times. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, through acquisitions, not just the draft, that didn't pan out. Pete, check your DMs for me. So you needed a guy who, you know, does have a nice draft background. Obviously, you know, the rumors were back then, you know, when it first started, that maybe Jeremiah would be part of it. Um, you know, for Daniel, it's going to take a lot to get him out of Southern California in a lovely, cushy position. Um, but Joe is good with the draft. Um, Joe obviously has history with a bunch of organizations. He's got a bunch of people he can bring in. Um, and there is talk, and now we're going to go down this road again. Now you're going to find maybe a guy similar to Daniel Jeremiah who is more East Coast, whose kids are a lot, lot younger. So the transition maybe wouldn't be that difficult family-wise in Todd McShay. Um, you do wonder where McShay stands with the network. Um, it seems each year, you know, Mel Kuyper Jr. is doing less and less and less. You know, is the allure there or how bad is ESPN run, which, guys, don't ever discount that at all, that how bad ESPN has run. But you get a guy in Douglas, look, you have a fresh start. Obviously, he's got the relationship with Gase, who, uh, Adam Gase, who is, looks to be sort of, you know, a little bit difficult to deal with. So you want to pair him with somebody who does know him. Uh, you, look, it, it, first things first, you have the quarterback. So that makes this job all the more easier. The rest of it is manipulating contracts, you know, obviously, you know, free agency and obviously getting back to putting stacking draft classes because the Jets were not able to do this. They were maybe to get a player or two, you know, each year, and that's just not enough. You need a better turnover from your draft classes in order to, obviously, then, you know, entertain your free agents, extend people that you did draft, and so on and so forth. Uh, but, Pete, here we go again down this road with Todd McShay. Um, yeah. So, you make the point that, that Mel Kuyper is sort of doing less. Is he? Because doesn't he do uh, a, lo- a bunch of Saturday radio uh, especially during the college season, and then he does all the draft stuff. But e- even if he does, even if he is doing less, Todd McShay sure as shit isn't doing more, or at least isn't doing uh, more that matters. At least uh, it's it, it, he's not. Was he really part of the coverage of the draft? Not really. I mean, they do their the podcast, which is you know not a bad listen if you you know first first take or first draft or whatever the hell it is. Um, it's not a bad listen, but in general, you know, he's largely been sort of the same thing for the last however many years. And, and honestly, it feels like he's less relevant, uh, by the year, um, which I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know what that means. Per- personally, I've never found him to be all that great at it. Um, he was at his best when he was really surrounded by a bunch of other people and he was sort of like the face of Scout, Scout, Scouts Inc. or whatever the, uh, yep. they had. Um, when you have him on an island, uh, he is attached to a lot of bad quarterback evaluations. Uh, 
which I suppose if you're the Jets, doesn't really matter because you theoretically have Sam Darnold. But, I mean, uh, for everybody else, basically, if, Sam, if, if Todd McShay really likes a quarterback, go the other way and you'll be successful. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's ever been, like, really part of – I don't think he's ever really been a true scout. Uh, like in the sense that he's actually been on, you know, been on the road and done that stuff. Yeah, he does like the uh, sideline reporting for college games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, and, and that's not to say he can't or wouldn't or any of that stuff. But I mean, it, it, I my, the feeling I would think is he's got, you know, maybe you'd like to see him sort of elevate himself. I think, but uh, if if he's going anywhere, it does seem like he's getting a little bit. Uh, further along as being a sideline guy for college football games. Uh, he's not like on the A crew or anything like that. Um, but that seems to get him more sort of noticed than anything. And then you get to, he, you know, for his standpoint, he gets to do those little, you know, scouting things of, you know, that particular game. And that may be his best, you know, where, where he's at his best in general, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't think it's nearly as compelling as Jeremiah just because I think Jeremiah is a bigger, more popular presence and certainly has a lot more stature as far as being a a television uh, pre, you know, type type draft guy. I, I don't think it would make... Plus, he's nearly- already been in NFL front offices, so he's going yeah. from inside to out as opposed to Todd, who is just outside. Right. So, I, you know, I... I Maybe it'll maybe there's something there, but I don't think it's like that big of a deal in terms of like you know it's going to be earth shaking if Todd McShay gets a job, especially because it doesn't sound like you know it would be you know a big name job. Which you know take that for what you will, but it it seems like it'd be more of sort of a role player. It's not like Todd McShay is going to go there and make draft picks. Yeah, and and that would be the thing. I mean, because you know, I mean, with ESPN, look, the, the coverage of college football is not going to stop. Um, you can question so many things about the network, but they're still going to have you know, eight to ten games every you know every Saturday. So maybe that's the better avenue. Um, the problem is, is he really cannot you know get into a play by play type of guy. I mean, not play by play, obviously, but uh, you know, as a analyst as far as that. So. It's interesting, but uh, it just, again, more and more, the delves into it, and it is good, though, because, look, I mean, some of the appreciation for the people who follow all of this and the evaluation of players gets recognized, which is good, because a lot of us take a lot of heat for doing it, but it's nice to see that somewhere, some people are appreciating the evaluation process and all that goes into it, and, you know, and look, with Todd being a former player, you know, maybe it's, you know, the you know obviously he was quarterback uh richmond right i think it was richmond yep yep yep. getting yeah spiders nice pete always remembers the nicknames um but it's more of the get the skin in the game and you know look i mean you can sit up there and say blah 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 blah. i think this is a great pick at pick 75 and da 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 but he's not playing for a team that you're employed by and nobody's gonna remember what you thought about pick 75 come the following draft the next year so there is always that aspect of it um i will think you know it will be kind of funny that a guy who's you know Got a lot of love for, you know, the area, you know, the Massachusetts area and all the area around there. I'm sure that Jets fans will be thrilled with that if he were to go there. But that is the case. Um, and then I, I guess obviously now, uh, Pete, look, we, we talked about this when the Browns traveled down to Houston. Their offensive line was abysmal. You had a quarterback who was not going to throw the ball away and ended up taking a bunch of sacks. You had one goal in the draft was to do everything you could to put together an offensive line. Philly jumped you, 
probably took your dream scenario. Yeah, took a guy there that was probably a little bit higher. Uh, you know, obviously the kid from Northern Illinois was a guy you were high on and sharping. Obviously, they did a little bit better there from that. But it seemed that that was kind of like the writing on the wall, and it was like, all right, you just got to get out. You had one job. You had one job to do this offseason, and you did not get it done. Um, well, there's a couple things. First and foremost, they did basically nothing in free agency that anyone gives a shit about. Uh, and further... What do you mean? They got Body Calhoun, so at least there's that, Pete. Right. So <laughs> they didn't get, you know, a free agent offensive lineman, you know, you know, you'd think that would have been a move they could have made, but the other big ball hanging out there is Jadevian Clowney. And what's going to happen there? Because they haven't extended him. They haven't traded him. Uh, are they going to basically have to sit on a franchise tag with him? Uh, that feels like it would be, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it would feel sort of disappointing uh, from their standpoint to not have any real answer and to sort of delay it a year. Uh, you know, it'd be better for them to have gotten, if they were going to move him, to have gotten something they could have used now, uh, you know, potentially another draft pick or, 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 or package of draft picks so that maybe they could have gotten Andre Dillard, I think. I think that they got outmaneuvered by the Philadelphia Eagles, and that really did hurt. I think I, I, I can't imagine they went in going, we're hoping to get Titus Howard with that pick. Uh, and, you know, they waited, they waited, they waited. It looked like it was going to fall right into the lap, and boom, snatch your dreams out from under them. And then you combine that with the fact that they didn't, weren't active in free agency. And now you're, in fact, the only free agent move they made was losing. Uh, Kendall Lamb, or they may have signed Matt Khalil, but <laughs> whatever. But so now they've got they're, now they're counting on rookie offensive lineman and Matt Khalil to stabilize the protection for Deshaun Watson in in sort of a pivotal year. This is the other problem is is you know I think part of the problem is is there was a sense that this was an off season where Houston was going to sort of move the ball forward in terms of their prospects of being a contender. And they didn't, in fact, they, you know, they basically st stood at arguably went backward because Jacksonville grabs Nick Foles. You can decide what, how you feel about that. Uh, Indianapolis adds some, some pieces uh, drafts um, at least they're getting, they're getting a lot of popular press in terms of what they did in the draft and, and it feels like Houston was sort of just like either stood pat or may have gone backwards. So there's a lot that went into this. Um, and then there's the power struggle aspect of it. I don't know. You know, it's, it doesn't seem fair uh, to fire him after the one year, but it, it certainly sounds like this is a case of you did have, you know, these very few tasks to knock out and you did none of them. So this is why they're moving on. But again, you know, the, the the press release that came out suggested that this was a move they they had planned to make. Why wait now? And then, again, if it feels like if you're firing him, you must know who you're going to hire. Well, there is that possibility. And, look, we, we had talked about this. You know, we It was pretty obvious what their concerns were. But the problem is if you didn't address it, and Indianapolis has already lapped the field, so to speak, in the AFC South, uh, look, Jacksonville last year, abysmal. You're hoping Nick Foles is going to come in and bring some stable, you know, some stabilization to that organization, get you back to where you were. Tennessee, you have no idea. You're essentially in quarterback limbo. You have Tannehill. You have Mariota. Mariota on the last year of his deal. You have no idea how that's going to work out. And then, obviously, with the Houston Texans, 
you've got some nice pieces, but the one thing you need to do would stabilize the offensive line. But and I, for me, I, I'm going to say right now, the Colts will win the AFC South, and I don't. And I think all three teams that come Week 17, they're just going to go home. I don't think there's going to be a second playoff team from the AFC South like we kind of gotten accustomed to the last few years. Certainly seems like uh, Houston and Jacksonville could cannibalize themselves a bit here. Um, but I mean, if you're, if you're trying to take a long lingering look at sort of the off seasons, these teams had Jacksonville adds Nick Foles and good Josh Allen and the Houston Texans add Matt Khalil and some rookies that potentially have to block good Josh Allen. That's, you know, again, it, 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 it maybe it's just perception because Titus Howard, I, I, I like Titus Howard. I thought that was early for him. I like Max Sharping. Um, I think they could be good players, but uh, you know, in terms of a, does it look good right this second? The answer is not particularly. It certainly doesn't look good when Andre Dillard went right before you. And, you know, if it results in another beating for Deshaun Watson this year and they don't, you know, make a move forward and don't, aren't able to get into the playoffs or the, the, make a meaningful step forward, you know, now they're potentially another year down the road where they're going to have to look at some big contracts because they have a lot of, they're like the Browns in a couple of years where they've got guys, you know, that they drafted highly and have worked out uh, that they now have to figure out ways to pay. And obviously Jadevian Clowney is the big one, but they've got, you know, like DeAndre Hopkins and, and guys like that, uh, Whitney Merciless, all, all these type of players that you got to figure out what you're doing with them. JJ Watt, you know, you're, you're, you're hoping every year he gets through at this point, healthy is a, is a great year. Um, and if you can't capitalize that, it does feel like you, you've sort of uh, tread water and, and now you're adding weights to your, your ankles to see how long you can do it. Well, with some of that defensive line play, I mean, there should have been not just playoff contention. There should have been playoff wins. There should have been at least been an AFC championship appearance. Obviously, I had to deal with the big bull in the ring in New England. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, for Houston, it's it's not that it's getting late early. It's it's It, it might be closed. The window might very well may be over. Uh, before we get to a certain quarterback in Green Bay who may need some help with one of our favorite sponsors, uh, the folks over at Untuck It. Uh, dads come in all shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts. Like uh, tall, short, slim, relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's button-up looked looks so long and baggy at the end of the day. It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual, untucked look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is the solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great, untucked, and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com. Promo code NFL to get 20% off as we get into the hour of eight days before Father's Day. Do something, guys. Have something for Pop. Hey, uh, guys, look, we are uh, potentially battling for sexual survival here, and Blue Chew may be the best tool uh, to add to your arsenal. If you saw what Olivia Munn said in regards to Aaron Rodgers, you're essentially a USB uh, port away from uh, being in trouble uh, in terms of technology and, and, and vibrators and those type of things. Um, another, you know, athlete seemingly with everything that, that wasn't delivering the goods. Again, Blue Chew may be your best tool to help you out. It's got the ingredients that, that you want, the FDA-approved active ingredient in Viagra and Cialis that, that you know works. 
Uh, it works anytime, day or night, on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast. It's all about getting your A game. And when it comes to that stuff, Blue Chew may be the best thing to help you out. So make sure you're 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 doing the best thing you can for the spouse so she can do the best thing she can for you. And so you're not learning about the USB port and all those type of things in, ter- in terms of why she's ultimately happy just not having sex with you. Uh, Danica Patrick, I'm sorry if this is going to affect things in that way. Aaron Rodgers, it's been a rough couple of weeks. Uh, apparently can't chug a beer. Apparently can't keep him satisfied. And look, I mean, he's... He's up only there. one of those. Only one of those things would really bother me of the two, and it's certainly not that one. But yeah. Yeah. Well. It, yes. That's the possibility. But then there's also the weird one of not talking to your parents and you know your family obsolete. Well, Aaron Rodgers is just a weird egg. That will make for a great book, whatever one day. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, a little blue chew, maybe make uh, you know make that little NASCAR uh, driver. She likes. Okay. She likes go high speed. Get the promo code locked on. Again, you're fighting for your own sexual survival. Take advantage. Get the tools for the job. Blue Chew. Yes, and obviously we thank them for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. We got some listener questions here. I just do want to do one thing first. Uh, guys, I put up a tweet a little while before. Um, my wife works with the special needs kids in our local high school. Um, she works in the classroom with them. Um, one of their kids, and they age out of the program at 21. And he had just stumbled onto the state quarter, you know, with the the, the quarter, the twenty-five cent piece, the quarters that were you know state themed, and he was at about forty-two, forty-three, or whatever. You know, I went through the change I had. I was able to get a couple. I do want to thank at NFL Insider Four, who was able to say, "Look, I've got the last remaining ones. He's going to mail them off." And uh, look, I mean, I uh, our nephew, uh, my, my wife's sister's son is autistic. Yeah, I don't think you guys understand. Like how important something this small is to anybody, but to autistic kids and special needs kids, this stuff means the world. So NFL Insider at NFL Insider Four, thank you, dude. I appreciate you looking out. Good stuff. Um, we are going to get to some listener questions here, and we got some good stuff here. And <laughs> I, I knew Stephen was going to chime in this, so here we go. <laughs> if Ray Farmer <laughs> texts in the woods, Pete, but no one is there to hear it, does it really make a sound? Evidently, I mean, it's enough to enough to get him suspended. Um, I hope this isn't just a token Rooney Rule interview. Uh, whatever you feel about Ray Farmer, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you you hate the idea that they're bringing in like you know the minority candidate just to get it out of the way. I mean, I just- understand the Rooney Rule. But some of it, and there's been some guys who talked about it, is, well, no, I, I don't want to be your Rooney Rule interview. I deserve to be your freaking interview. Yeah, I mean, there have been coaches that have sort of been put into this mix that you always see the same guys. So, you But know, then again, there is I, the success, story, success stories like Mike Tomlin, who went into Pittsburgh sure. and blew everybody the frick away, and they said, holy crap, we got to hire this dude. Right, so... Look, I mean, obviously, he's not a popular figure with Cleveland. He was un- w- unwilling to uh, take a stand and actually make a goddamn decision. He tried to be a consensus-building type uh, drafter and listen to the owner too much, and maybe he's ready to sort of put on his big boy pants and, and operate a franchise uh, like he know- you, you know, you're hired to get fired, and maybe he's willing to operate that way. My guess is it's probably not. 
and maybe he, you know, maybe he already works in that organization or they're going to hire him for another job. Uh, but, you know, if he does get the job, more power to him. Hopefully it works out. But at the same time, if he does get the job, I'm, I'm looking at their roster and seeing what John Dorsey can can uh, pry away from them Gettleman style um, to see if they're willing to, to, to give out GW and Clowney for basically like, you know, a punter the way the uh, Giants were. <laughs> Uh, no doubt, 100%. And look, I mean, some of the look, you deserve your chances. You've been around the game long enough. You do deserve it. Um, Houston, you know, we know a guy. We do know a guy. And, he, you know, if you want to go with somebody that may have been employed by Cleveland, you may want to go that route. Just just saying. Um, our boy, Giovanni Rivies. Um, this is actually a pretty good one, too. Uh, Brown's question. What do linemen that want extra work do go to the Charles Bentley's Academy and Pete will get to that. There's there's a thing with the Charles Bentley's Academy. The skill guys can get together and work out. Do the linemen do something similar? Um, but Pete, go ahead, tell everybody about the Charles, uh, Charles Bentley's Academy, which is first and foremost, it's fantastic. Um, often he, he runs offensive line performance out of Arizona. You don't get to just go there. Uh, you essentially, you know, LaCharles decides if he wants to work with you, he, he figures out if, if, uh, you know, if he wants to work with the, a person, he wants them to figure out if they're willing to do what he does. Greg Robinson. Yeah. So Greg Robinson is in OLP. Al Kalis is in OLP. Uh, basically all the Ohio state guys are, uh, so, so wait, what it wait. is, yeah, I mean, literally all the Ohio state guys go, um, what it is, is it is a training academy that is everything offensive line. So diet to exercise to, you know, working on technique, he's, he's invented tools to try to help these things, uh, specific, uh, drills, real work and stuff that, you know, certain times of blocking balls and all this type of stuff. He's got, you know, a, a, a patented head he uses that forces you to put your hands in, in the right place. All these things. He's, you know, big into physiology and understanding how the body works and maximizing strength. So um, there's a lot there. Um, you know, it's focusing on certain types of uh, muscles. So, for example, he's a big proponent of – of improving and strengthening the ball and socket joint in the shoulder because of the stress that involved in this type of joint is it's very unique. So those type of things, obviously, getting your hips involved, uh, you know, just 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 the amount he puts into your stance and getting out of your stance cleanly and all those things. So there's no nothing that isn't covered or something he hasn't thought about. There are other other guys who do this. Uh, Duke Manyweather is a guy who who does the type of this thing. Um, so obviously the uh, Von Miller had the pass rush summit that they held at UNLV and all those things. They, Duke Manyweather is in charge of the offensive line or it, it is involved with essentially the offensive line version of this. I think it was held in somewhere in Texas this past year. So he's another guy that has these, but there are other academies. There's also just, you know, depending on what agency you're with, um, they have people that may be specifically geared to train you, or you go to places like Exos or one of those things. It really just depends, and some teams just like to use what the team offers. Um, 
like to mix it up and do a little bit of everything to sort of get a feel for what everybody's doing. Uh, so the answer is yes, there are lots of different ways to do it. It's a question of, you know, where guys are doing or what guys believe in and what guys don't believe in. Everybody's got sort of a different method methodology. Uh, for example, not that there's any bad blood or anything, but, you know, Duke Mendeweather and LaCharles Bentley for a while were, you know, teamed up and then ultimately went their separate ways and they're both very successful with it. Um, they have some differences of opinion on certain things. It doesn't mean either one's necessarily right or wrong, just different ways of doing things. So there are lots of these things. Um, if you're lucky enough to be able to go to OLP, that's certainly a great option. There are other great uh, setups in that type of way, but you, you just in, in terms of – you're not just powerlifting. You're doing things that are specific to what is asked of being an offensive lineman um, that can make you better. And you, there are guys that may be, may be offensive line performance guys that you may not even be aware of. Uh, but, you know, he's got a very proven track record as an example. So, you know, when guys are coming out of the draft, I will certainly, you know, take note of them if they are with offensive line performance. I, you know, I've had the chance to, I've uh, I've gone to the Charles Clinic. I've had the opportunity to watch the senior bowl, senior bowl practice with him. I've had a chance to you know casually talk to him at times, just about and, and sort of pick his brain on some things and just basically sit there and listen and learn. Um, he's brilliant and has a lot to offer and little things that can sort of um, help with that stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of great options, uh, a lot of great ways to do it, and it really just depends on on a given player. Well, and some of this, though, and, and with any of these, you know, with the individual training facilities, a lot of it sometimes comes down to agent affiliation, and it's usually the player running it is maybe that was his agent or whatever, and that is where, you know, how certain guys end up in certain places. Um, but, yeah, there is. There's there's all types of these things, and, and this is what Joe Thomas brought up the other day, and as far as with Odell Beckham, if he can go to a guy who knows him inside and out, uh, knows his diet, knows exactly what he needs to do to work with him. This is how crazy and specified and detailed these type of workouts get. And you're going to get a lot more out of it than you're going to get of, all right, well, I went to OTAs and I ran 12 routes. And, you know, these guys are going to get you completely prepared. And it's it's definitely a booming business for these guys. You know, these guys are all doing very very well with that. So, uh, you know, that's it's kind of how it works. And, like, with Exos, you know, usually, like, you hear some of the names of the guys who are there. And, right, you know, for guys like Pete and I, you normally know A, B, C. You know the Asians who are the guys that got these guys funneled there for their draft prep and that type of stuff. Uh, Geo did have one more. And this was a nice one. Uh, Sean O'Hara, uh, former New York Giants offensive lineman. Um, if you put Eli Manning and Peyton Manning in a blender, Pete, his quote was, you come up with Daniel Jones. Yeah, I guess trying to say that's a good thing. Kept company man. Yeah, I mean, he's still he still does pregame for the Giants. He's a kept company man. So look, this is one of those things where Daniel Jones is so polarized. There's no middle ground. So the amount of just disgust aimed at Daniel Jones and and being drafted, which is not his fault. You know, he didn't pick himself sixth overall. Uh, he was picked. Uh, you know, and whether you believe in that talent, it's up to you. But the flip side is the people who are like, 
inclined to kind of like Daniel Jones are being forced into extreme support of Daniel Jones. So you've got Sean O'Hara here. You've got Saquon Barkley going, you know, people wait till he wins two Super Bowls and then we'll, we'll see what they're saying. And, you know, this is an insane thing to say about a rookie quarterback. Um, certainly that is the idea. Um, certainly that's what you want to have happen. But the pressure is now immense. He's already in New York and all these things. And, you know, you know, if he doesn't start immediately, it, it, the and, and the second Eli Manning throws a pick, it's going to be, well, where's Daniel Jones, all these things. Um, it's, it's not a great situation. I hope for his sake he's, you know, makes the most of it and, and proves a lot of people wrong, like myself, because I don't think he's worth a shit either. Um, I, I think that was a disastrous pick. But again, you're just seeing this. I don't know a whole lot of people are sort of like indifferent to Daniel Jones. They're basically saying, yeah, he might be okay. Uh, it's mostly he's either going to be great or he's going to be terrible. There's no in between. And there's little to suggest he's going to be great. But, uh, and certainly people can dismiss anything, you know, the, the players on the Giants or people who work for the Giants say because they're stuck with it and they have to because they don't have a choice. Uh, they can't like they can't they can't send them back for a refund or trade in for another one. They are stuck with him and he has to work. So they are trying to rally all the support behind him and, and believe in him and hopefully that for their sake that wills something into place. Uh, but you know this is this is one of those things that you just like I mean it's June 8th and, you know, this guy's done a couple of unpadded practices and we're already proclaiming him to be the next big thing. And I'm sure this, to this extent, happened with Baker Mayfield. Uh, certainly, you know, I think eight Super Bowls is when, within reason. But, uh, you know, and I guess on, from that standpoint, there's an element of no matter what happens, it's going to be noise. So you have to basically block it out and be good. But, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't seem like a great environment with the Giants and this whole situation and Dave Gettleman, who's probably going to be fired after this year anyway. Uh, so it is, you know, that, that's where we'll leave it. It's you know, what, what they're doing to this poor kid. And, you know, it's to the point now where he's like the waiter for a table of 12 and he's expected to carry a tray with every meal for all 12 people out at the same time. Um, it, 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 it was... It was enough just to draft him at six, which not not even close, just not even close to that. And even if you liked him, even if you liked him, you'd be like, well, here's a guy, if we get him in the right situation and give him a little time, and now you got people who were part of some of the Giants' glory years saying, no, and you do this, and you say he's, you know, I mean, would you say he's the... You blend together. It's Eli and Peyton. That, that's four Super Bowls, and that's well, what is it? A, 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 it's got to be damn near what a hundred and got to be one hundred and thirty yards passing. I mean, it's it's completely unfair, and it's it's almost reckless to a point to put that on a kid like this. When the realism the realism on the player is is that there were just so many question marks. Fifty nine percent completion percentage being the biggest of them all when you play in a pass-friendly scheme in Duke with a guy with David Cutcliffe who knows how to get these guys open. It's a recipe for disaster, and it just makes it the road harder for this kid, Pete. 
Yeah, uh, it's it's just tough when you're saying, well, Daniel Jones is going to be good because he was held back so much by an awful, awful Duke team. Um, so, I, well, he's now surrounded by a pretty mediocre, at best, Giants team. I I mean, the the one good thing is I'll say that at least they've they've upgraded their offensive line a little bit. They've you know they've made that better. Uh, they do have Saquon Barkley. They do have some decent weapons there, but overall, you're still looking at a pretty disastrous team for the moment. And uh, I, I, I just, I have, you know, if you're talking about history with quarterbacks who played for bad teams, um, you know, Eli Manning is a great example. Uh, Ole Miss was awful, and he made them viable and went to bowl games and stuff like that. Um, Jay Cutler is a guy who. You know, played better than Daniel Jones did in college uh, at Vanderbilt and didn't win shit. Uh, John Elway is the other, the, the big example. Um, you know, and, and there's not a great track record with quarterbacks and losing records in college. John Elway is the biggest one. Patrick Mahomes is is, is potentially another all-time great uh, from, from that lineage. Uh, but it's not a good track record. And that's another, you know, a point that's sort of working against Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's it's just a tough road, and it's don't look in. If you're going to be part of the media and, and part of it with Sean, know better than do the work in being the media and just saying the Giants are really high on him. They think he's got a pretty high ceiling. We'll see how it goes. Eli Manning's the quarterback right now. Don't go reckless and say stupid shit like this because it just makes the kid's job harder, which was already a, a very, very tough road to begin with. Uh, always want to thank the folks over uh, at Grip Six Belts for the sponsorship of the podcast. Their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip Six is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, again, Father's Day is coming up, and even uh, moms and wives and aunts have a women's line as well. Ultra lightweight, with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the belt, uh, buckle laying flat against the seam, the waist, I'm sorry, apologies, making the belt super comfortable. Grip 6, again, the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. Grip 6 has a special offer for all of you at grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. And as always, thank you for your sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Pete, here's one, and the name doesn't seem to be going away, and um, you know, Jermaine Whitehead, and he labeled it as, are we buying him as getting this safety spot? Jermaine Whitehead, it, it looks like it is a safety role uh, that he's doing, and he's doing it very well, um, and look, you know, he very easily could be part of the final 53, um, but obviously there's going to be more to be seen, but Jermaine Whitehead, yeah, there's nothing wrong with getting a lot of people noticing you this time of year. Right. I mean, at the very least, it sounds like he will secure himself a job in the NFL. Um, I am still extremely skeptical of Jermaine Whitehead. It just hasn't been there. Uh, I, I, he's, I mean, he's fifth. And every, clip, every clip I see, he's getting roasted, which is just unfair uh, because these things are so slanted to offense. But still, it, uh, every time I see looking looking at, at number 35, it's, it's somebody running by him. Um, Morgan Burnett has missed a bunch of time with injury. I don't think they've really used him at all. I don't think their goal is for him to play right now anyway. Yeah, Sheldrick Redwine is a rookie. Um, Demarius Randall is really your only free safety. You've got Eric Murray, um, and I think he's more of a generalized DB. 
you have some other options back there. But, I mean, Jermaine Whitehead is a true safety, um, which is about the best thing going for him. But, I, you know, I'm hoping, again, I, I, the more players that uh, they have, the better. So if he can con- con- uh, continue to look like a player, uh, then that's, you know, that's certainly going to be better for them. But I, I'm still skeptical that, skeptical skeptical that he's anything at all let alone the starter so you know i'm hoping he can continue to shine when they have pads on and they come back and he looks good well the thing with whitehead is right now you are currently probably the fifth safety anyway they drafted sheldrick redwine obviously demaris randall's not going anywhere uh you brought in morgan burnett who's got ties to this front office you traded for murray who's got ties to this front office uh jermaine whitehead do you want to be a part of this roster in 2019 Better be a beast on special teams because that that's probably going to be the initial calling card. Whatever, if he does things within the defensive unit, that's fantastic. Um, but being a plus special teamer will probably would would seal the deal on whether or not he you know should I stay or should I go no type of thing with that. Uh, this is actually a pretty good one here. Uh, Cleveland sports torture. Um, how does Baker Mayfield explain to his brand new bride that he will be practicing all July with his buddies in LA instead of on their honeymoon? <laughs> Sorry, what? No, it's about the wedding and his about his uh, soon-to-be bride. But what was the, what was the last part about that? How does he explain that he'll be working out with Odell and the boys and the crew in July? as opposed to a possible honeymoon? Um, I have a, I have a strong feeling he'll manage to fit that in. Um, you know, the, the funny thing I saw was when uh, the media was sort of asking Freddie Kitchens about stuff and they were asking about, you know, Mayfield getting away from football and, and you know, all that. And, and, and uh, Freddie Kitchens describing it, he has kind of an important date coming up and I think he's going to want to be there for that. Um, I, I think honestly, I think you know. Obviously, they're doing the the, the quarterback stuff, but I honestly think uh, if you listen to Freddie Kitchens, I think he's going to encourage Baker Mayfield to, if nothing else, go take care of that. Do it, you know. Do that as another way to get away from football. Obviously, to make the wife happy, uh, and obviously for yourself. Presumably, you'd like to enjoy this as well. Uh, but as a way to sort of a get him off the radar entirely. And I mean, you know, probably out of the country in this case uh, to, to go do that thing really, you know, take some time off your feet and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, be a normal human. And, you know, if you, again, if you listen to Freddie Kitchens in the press conference, he was talking about, you know, he, he, he's not a guy who's going to fake coach um, that if he's in the building, he's doing real work. They're not going to stay there just to not, to work. Uh, but when he's anywhere else, uh, particularly with his family, and apparently his daughters are big into uh, horse shows, so he's talking about that, uh, that he's always present wherever he is. And that's good advice, certainly for Baker Mayfield and anyone else, uh, that, you know, be present in whatever you are doing. So uh, with Baker Mayfield, it's going to be his wedding and honeymoon for Joe Petonio. It's going to be changing diapers. Yes. Uh, so for whatever you know, that uh, in, good advice, interesting way to put it. Uh, certainly, uh, there's a lot to take away from there. That's true. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, uh, you know, sort of 
continuing to prove that he is a real human as opposed to trying to prove something he's not or live to some weird fake uh, head coaching mantle that people might want him to be like uh, Colin Cowherd or anyone else. Um, you know, just be present wherever you're at. Well, and the other thing, though, is, in, and look, I know this as a parent and being married is the easiest escape you have from your day-to-day, your 9-to-5, is your family. And it's, you know, silly... You know, I don't, I you know, I, I don't want to use stupid like it's stupid, but it's you know, it's dinner with the family, it's move with the family, it's you know, busting each other's chops and having some fun and having some laughs and, you know, with normally with quarterbacks coming in this league, you know, remember Baker was a little bit older than a lot of these guys and you know a lot of the guys came in this league this year, so yeah, this would be the natural progression and then the natural progression will be within you know probably a year to two where you know Baker is now starting a family and that will be the and hopefully that will cease the arguing with jerk-offs like Colin Coward where I don't have time for this. I'm going home to see my kid or you know, I'm going to have dinner with my wife or whatever. And that will be the natural progression to, you know, and it is. It's a maturation process it's because it's more on your plate. You know, I mean, look, Baker's got enough on his plate as it is just being the quarterback of this franchise. But, you know, now this is a nice escape. You go spend time with your family. You know, you're a married man now. Eventually there'll be kids and dogs like the Schoberts like to talk about and Miles Garrett likes to talk about and all of that type of stuff that goes into it. Oh, my God, Pete, how about that one, though? Did you see the thing with Miles Garrett with the dude at the airport? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, Awkward. Yeah. Um, if Assuming, you know, this is a direct quote, I, I hope – I hope the guy was uh, referring to guys from Texas or defensive ends. Uh, but he sounds like he was a, uh, I'm going to say oldish white guy. Just say racist. Uh, well, unintentionally, <laughs> uh, basically su- suggesting that uh, you know, very big black guys with big shoes uh, are uh, are big other places. To hey, which- don't need blow chew apparently, but that's okay. Well, they still might. I mean, I, I would st- I'd still recommend it. But um, <laughs> a very odd thing to interrupt. You know, he's just sitting there on his headphones or whatever, uh, looking at his uh, tablet or whatever he's doing, and, and just having this guy sort of come up and mention this um, out of the blue is one hell of an opener. But at the same time, I suppose uh, Miles Garrett remembers him. Oh, yeah. And, and, this is, and that is the greatest thing about Miles Garrett is because he is so – so aware of everything and so smart about it, it, it still wows me about his intelligence that he has and just the social awareness of everything. And, and I, I could just imagine him pulling out the earphone. I'm sorry, what? Oh, God, seriously, dude, really? I mean, because, I mean, Miles is just that dude, and it's just so far removed from, you know, it used to be you're a pass rusher, go kill quarterback, and Miles just buries that stigma in every way what's possible. It's just an absolute pleasure to cover, let alone watch in, you know, the player that he is. And, you know, for, if I were Miles, I would have taken off the sneaker, autographed it, and tossed it to him. That, that would have been the way that works. But, you know, hey, nobody wants to walk. I, I, that, I, I, only in the scenario that he has another set of shoes. I mean, I, I don't I don't see him uh, walking with one shoe and one sock at that point. Well, nobody's going through an airport. Nobody's going through an airport with just a sock on there. I agree with you there, yes. No doubt about that. 
Uh, Pete, it's been a couple days. Uh, League-wise, anything I didn't get? Anything we missed? I don't think so. Uh, kind of quiet. I mean, we are waiting on another set of mini which I suppose could produce some interesting things. Uh, I think um, the rest of the division still has to go, so oh. that'll be worth keeping an eye on. Oh, wait, I do have one. I do have one. Um, there had been some talks, and guys, you know, he put Jake Burns in the tweet. I'm not calling out Jake Burns. Um, obviously, there were some turnovers uh, with Baker Mayfield this week in the minicamp. Um, concerns with Baker Mayfield's no, they don't really exist, but there's so many factors, Pete, that go into this, obviously, with the new offense. Now with Odell in it, um, Jarvis not being there. Uh, look, I, and here's the other thing, guys. The defense is a lot better than it was last year. Well, you are throwing to a receiver you haven't thrown to. You are trying to time up potentially new offensive wrinkles with other receivers that you haven't seen in a while. Um, at this stage in the game, the defense should be ahead in terms of just, you know, understanding where they're supposed to be. Uh, but this is also an opportunity that if you are Baker Mayfield and you're coming into year two and you're really confident in what you're doing, this is also an area where you can start trying to push bounds yep. and trying to What can see- I get away with? Yep. All right. And that's not going to always end well. But look, uh, the when we do get into training camp, we, there are going to be days the defense straight wins because they are good. Um, it doesn't mean that you should have a concern. Um, I think at this point, he warrants the benefit of the doubt until you see it on Sunday that there's a problem. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, it's every day is another day for him to sort of showcase something. Um, but yeah, at, at this point, it's about getting better, and it, you know, there's some elements of uh, that's going to have a little bit of the ups and downs. But I also think it's a matter of you know, you're you're trying to figure out exactly what you're capable of, exactly what your receivers are capable of, and, and some of that is going to have some bumps and growing pains and all that stuff. And I, uh, I'd rather get those things out of the way now uh, in June than in you know January, presumably you know in a playoff game. Yeah, and uh, look, the bottom line of this is uh, the skill that Baker has at his disposal. I think it's a problem of just the coaches managing it all. Um, you know, obviously, look, it, it'll be different when Kareem Hunt is available come the ninth game of the season. But you've got so much everywhere, and you know, look, you know, Baker right now when he does have it all, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a element of a kid in a candy store. But it's going to be familiarity with the offense, with everybody else getting it. And that's the thing, because it's going to be new pretty much to everybody. There'll be some wrinkles that obviously Higgins are familiar with, and Callaway, and Landry, and Chubb. But there's going to be a lot of newness to it that, you know, Odell is going to have to embrace. These other guys are going to have to embrace. You know, Kareem Hunt is going to factor into that. And it's just a, a, a basically a mesh of it all going together. But uh, no. A, I'm not worried the defense is better. B, I'm not worried because there's just too much here to work with. Uh, Pete, Browns, Maven, what's in the hopper? Oh, well, we're on summer vacation, so it's a lot of, you know, I, there's going to be stuff there every day. Uh, there's videos, a couple of videos up. I'm going to try to have one of those every day. Uh, but between stuff we've seen, and stuff we're going to see and potentially, you know, previewing some things or discussing th- some things. And 
I really hope we don't have to do this, but if we get into, you know, the arrest blotter and all that stuff that we may have to deal with. Knock on wood, knock on wood. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where we are now getting ready to, you know, in some ways it feels like a dead period, but in other ways it feels like there's a lot to sort of catch up on. And because, you know, when you get to minicamp and stuff like that, everything goes so quickly um, that, you know, you've got a little bit over a month to sort of process, see what we're going to start seeing when we get to July and, and all those things, because when we get there, that's going to start, that's going to go quick at first and then slow down. So that's, you know, this is one of those slowdown periods, but there's plenty, to, plenty to do. Yeah. But it's also kind of like the thing of hurry up and wait, like as much as everybody's anticipating training camp, there's nothing we can do guys. You know, th- those weeks and those days are going to have to peel off the calendar. There's just no way around it. Luckily, Pete will have, you know, his gig, obviously, you know, with his pro, you know, with his high school program, you know, getting through all that and getting themselves ready for their 2019 season. Um, but trust me, guys, look, I mean, for me, it's like the summer seems like school ends, it's 4th of July, and the next thing you know, it's August, and then everything is back up and ramped. I mean, it, it goes a lot quicker, and especially if... Oh, for me, it's already gone by, because, you know, we're in the summer, summer lifting program, we're already a weekend. Uh, so it feels like, you know, it's flying by. This will this part of the year always goes fast for me. I know for a lot of people it drags because you have so much time without football. Uh, fortunately, I'm in a position where I always have football so, uh, at this part of the year. So, uh, yeah, it, it will go quick for me, uh, and hopefully I will be able to keep up and do enough to keep uh, to get people to the point where we're back, back on the football field, which shouldn't be too bad. And it's you know it, it'll be a lot different than last year, guys. Um, last year it was you know trying to sell that this product could be something. Now it's the question of selling that this product could be what we all anticipate it is going to be. Uh, Pete's work over at Browns Maven on Twitter, uh, BrownsMaven.com. Check everything out over there. It's always busting his butt over there. Um, at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following over there. The Locked On Browns Twitter account at Locked On Browns. You guys always know it's a follow back account, which is. Probably part of the reason we got into the issue yesterday. We did on two social media. Um, look, he, he, my thing is, look, I mean, there's a great community of people covering the Cleveland Browns right now. Um, if you don't choose to be a part of it and you choose to poo-poo it, um, look, even if I don't like you, uh, I'll be nice enough to respect you. But, you know, some of the things that came out yesterday, no, I'm not going to stand for that. You know, look, I still have my self-respect at the end of the day, and I still have the work that I'm doing, that Pete's doing, that we're going to stand up for. And I, I don't care. You know, if you're going to take pot shots or you're going to say things like that, D-bag, tool, whatever, you're going to get dealt with. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to let that stuff slide, whether it's the jersey in me or it's just the fact that I know how much work I'm doing. I, those things, There's things that I will not allow. So that is, you know, basically the end on that topic. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, guys, I, I, you know, I made it through here, Pete, almost 50-something minutes here, even with a runny nose and a, a cold, maybe a warm here because it's June. Uh, almost 10 hours today on the soccer fields as we host our uh, in-town uh, you know, travel tournament. Uh, I'll be there again tomorrow for a good amount of time. But then, you know, unless anything changes, that's it. And look, you know, the show will, you know, continue to go out here. Um, we'll mix in some other guests here. Like I said, I want to get to some of, you know, the opponents, you know, ahead of the crossover episodes. Um, you know, a lot of guys doing great work with this network as well for the teams that the Browns are going to play. So I, I definitely want to get that aspect of it as well. 
Um, but with that, you know, with this being, you know, with that being said, we put a bow on this here. We've talked about obviously the NFL news here, bunch of Brown stuff here, and look, nothing's changed. The anticipation is still there. We're excited. This product is fantastic. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Love rounds.